Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Awesome. Um, just honor to be asked to speak here last week or um, two weeks ago. Pastor Larry just asked me if I, if, if, if I was available to speak here on Sunday morning and without just anything besides asking my wife. And I was like, yes. I was like, absolutely. What an honor to be asked to be here. So we know when you're going to come somewhere and speak and you're ready for God to move, you know the enemy's going to try to come in and move quick. Well, this morning when we got up, my wife, Haley, is sitting right down here. Everybody say, hey, Haley. She's right here. She got up and she was like, oh, no. And I was like, oh, gosh, what's the enemy already doing this morning? She says, I'm out of Kramer. <laughs> I don't know, for some of y'all, that you know that that's how the enemy moves the most. That's very, very serious. So we came up against some mighty strongholds of the enemy this morning, and so I know that God's going to move in here today. So uh, excited to be here. Thank you, guys. Uh, CJ, thanks for uh, greeting us and uh, just, man, just uh, doing all and taking care of us on the way in here and found out it's his birthday today. So say happy birthday to CJ. Man, you see him today, man. Give him a, just give him a pat on the back saying thanks for all he does here. It's guys like that that make such an amazing church like this uh, just run as smooth as it does. You guys don't know what kind of blessing that you have here. So like, uh, like Austin said a minute ago, never take it for granted uh, worship team, thank you guys so much for just the the uh, amazing worship that we were able just to experience. Literally, I was down there just tearing up, uh, just, you know, I just was singing that last song and just thinking about Jesus being wounded. Um, Jesus was wounded. And a lot of times us in here, we, we, we think about how we've been wounded. Anybody in here ever been wounded? like wounded in the spirit, wounded by something that's happened in your life. And when you think about how Jesus was wounded, um, it made me tear up a little bit because it helps me to get through my wounds. It helps me to make it through my wounds a little more knowing that my Savior, Jesus, also was wounded and he went through it for me. So I'm going to continue to go through it for him. And so, um, you know, it's just amazing worship that you guys have here. It's just awesome. I saw the uh, announcements that... uh, um, Alex and the guys were putting on up there. I love the Braves hoodie. I'm a big Braves fan, a huge Braves fan. Uh, watching the world, win the World Series was awesome. I got to go to game five. Um, thought we were going to win it when Adam Duvall hit the grand slam, and we ended up losing, but we ended up winning the next game. So um, I, I saw the Peru up here. Anybody out in here going to Peru? Because uh, I'm going this year. I'm excited. I am excited. This will be my first mission trip outside of the country. Been to many uh, mission trips inside the country, but this will be my first one outside of the country. And I hear uh, Ronald C. say, he, you, you, you never are the same when you come back from a mission trip outside of the country. And so I'm super excited about this trip. And for any of you guys that are going, I can't wait to go along with you. 
and to be a brother in Christ and just watch what God does out there in Peru. And so I'm super excited about it all. But you know what? Before we get started, let's just pray really quick and ask the Lord to just come in and just do what only he can do because it's not me. I have no power to do anything. And But if the Lord comes in and touches our hearts, we know that he can move a heart and change a life. And that's what we're looking for today. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, We come before you this morning thanking you for already being here and setting the stage and your presence being in here, God. It's obvious that you are already in here, and we thank you for that. And God, we just ask that you would touch each individual heart right now, Jesus, that you would come right where we are, right where each person is that needs you in a certain way this morning, that you would come and touch them and change them and move them into a place, Lord, where they are obedient to you and they can see breakthrough in their life. So in the name of Jesus, I just command every principality, every ruler, every authority, every power, every spirit of darkness, every demon to leave this place, to leave each person. And we just plead the blood of Jesus over this place and over each person in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. So, um... I am a pastor. I'm a pastor of the Meadow here in the Grayson Valley area. And uh, three years ago, God woke me up at like 2.53 in the morning. Now, you got to say, but before this, like let's say, let me, let me take, take, back, take one day back. January the 9th of 2019, I was in the shower crying. And uh, Haley was like, what's wrong? And I said, I can't pour into one more person. I can't talk to one more person. It hurts. You ever been there where it's like you're just stuck in a place with God where it just hurts, you know, and you're just like, I can't do anything. I go to bed that night, and uh, God has a funny way of doing things. I go to bed that night, wake up at 2.53 in the morning, and I know it's God. He wakes me up, and I go into the den, and I'm saying, Lord, what do you want? And he said, I want you to start a church. And I said, What's wrong with your eyesight? You can't see? I was like, you just saw me in the shower a few hours ago crying, saying I can't pour out into one more person. I can't. I just can't. It hurts. God, I don't have any energy. I don't have the passion right now. And you're waking me up to ask me to start a church. I've been, I've been waiting on you to ask me this for 10 years, and you ask me now. And he said, well, I just want you to know that I want this church to be birthed in brokenness. I want you to know that every ounce of energy that you ever have will come from me. Every ounce of power, every ounce of authority, every ounce of everything will come from me. If you'll just say yes, kind of like the title of Ronald C's book, because you said yes, but if you'll just say yes, and, and, and I'll come in and I'll do the rest. And so three years ago, me and Haley said yes, uh, to God to start in a church, and it's been an amazing three-year journey of just w- watching what God's doing and healing so many people. And um, to be honest with you, um, it was it when when I got the text to to come and speak here. I have been going through some things the last two weeks. So this three years ago when we started the church, well, um, anybody else in here ever been tired? You ever been tired? Like tired in the spirit, tired of where you're at, tired of just things in your life. Well, two weeks ago, 
I woke never. Yeah, this guy, he's on fire. So um, two weeks ago, I woke up. It was a Monday, and uh, good old Mondays. And uh, I, got in the, I got up, got in the shower. And, and here, here's the thing. When I wake up in the morning, now when I get out of bed, when I make that, that fight to get out of the bed, when I get out of the bed, I mean, I'm chipper. I'm singing. I'm like this. My wife's not a morning person, so she's telling me to shut up. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, but I'm ready to go. Once, once I get up, I'm like ready to go. I'm singing. Da, 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 da. You never know what's coming. And so, but this morning when I got up two weeks ago, I, uh, is it okay to be vulnerable? Is it okay to be just tell you where I'm at. Is that okay? Um, I think sometimes authenticity and genuineness and being open is just kind of the best way to do it, you know. So um, I get up, I get in the shower, and I just begin to talk to God. Um, and it just began to come out. just started talking, and I just started crying. And I didn't really recognize where I was in the spirit, but I began to talk to God, and I said, God, I'm beginning to feel like I did three years ago when you asked me to start the church. And I said, God, I just don't have the energy that I need and the passion that I want. And I really just don't know how I'm here or what to do in this moment. And so I just began to cry. And here's me. I got out of the shower and got back into the bed. That's like only happens if I have the flu. You know what I'm saying? And so I knew that when I realized where I was at, sometimes it's just realizing where you're at. And it'll take you to that place. And it took me there. And I just... Sometimes we fight it for so long that we, we, we know where we're at, but we fight it because we don't want to be there. And sometimes it's just good to know where you're at and just to be there so you can get the help that you need and that you can get the rest that you need. You know, God Almighty uh, he created the universe in six days, but then he rested on the seventh. Who are we to think that we're not going to have to rest in life and in ministry and all these things? But sometimes we don't ever get there because we keep going and going and going and going and going and fighting and fighting and fighting Not because we're scared to be vulnerable. We're scared to be authentic and genuine saying, hey, this is where I'm at. I need help and this, this, and this. So, um, there's only, I've only been in this place three times in my life. The other time that I was in this place where I was tired and didn't have the energy was in my darkest moment of my life. Any of everybody had a dark moment in your life, a storm that swept in that you didn't see coming? Well, I remember being in that place then uh, years ago where I was just, I never being on my face, with, on, just crying out. There was a pain going on inside of me, the pain so deep that I didn't even know existed. And I was just pr- praying and I was crying, going, God, um, how do I get out of this place? Come help me. And all I heard these three words was, come to me. When I was laying on the carpet crying and out of energy, I was tired in the spirit. I was tired. I wanted to give up. I heard three words, and I heard him say, come to me. Here's what I want to tell you. Jesus is compassionate and will meet you where you are. He was wounded just as you have been wounded. He knows where you're at, but sometimes it's just getting to the point where you recognize, hey, I have been wounded. This is a reality, and I need to find Jesus. I need to come to him. I need to find him because here's the truth. If you don't come to Jesus when you're tired, the devil will come to you. If you don't come to Jesus when you're tired, the devil will come to you. 
If the devil will come to Jesus when he was tired after fasting 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, don't you think the devil's coming for you when you get tired? So it's very, very, very important to recognize when you are tired. It's very, very, very important to recognize when you need rest, when you need to call for help, when you need to be vulnerable to the person sitting beside you, to the person you live with. I woke up two weeks ago and I had that moment and Haley got home from work. I just sat down at the table. She said, how did the day go? And I just, just opened up and began to cry and to have a spouse that would listen and be there and help me. And give me advice and help me to get through this moment. But it's very important to know where you are in there so you can come to Jesus because the devil will come for you. I believe that God sent me here today because there are some people who are tired one way or the other. When I got the text, to be honest with you, I was tired in the spirit but it was such an honor to be asked, and I prayed, and I asked Kevin, my buddy Kevin, who pastors with me at the Meadow, I said, what do you think? And he said, well, you know, we just prayed about it, and we just felt that this is what the Lord wanted me to do. And I began to pray, "What, God, what do you want to say in this moment where I'm tired? And he said, just tell him you're tired. He said, because I guarantee you there's other people out there that are tired too. And I why would I want to come give a message on being tired and finding Jesus when I'm not, when I haven't been through it? Or maybe sometimes when you're going through, it's the best time to talk about it because people can relate with you and know that you're being real. And uh, this morning, that's my prayer because here's the thing. Me and my wife, Haley, were married in this building. We stood right here on this very spot. And um, I said, I do. And it's been a great, amazing 10 years um, so my bride walked down this aisle to me, and God's prayer this morning is that his bride will walk down to this altar to him. That his, his prayer is that his bride would say, Father, I'm tired. Jesus, I need you. This is where I really am. I need you. I, I, I want to come to you this morning. I want to come down here to this altar to meet you, to come to you, to be real, to quit fighting and quit being fake and quit saying, I got it, I got it, I got it. It's not be, uh, being a real man is not just fighting through it, not letting people know how you feel. No, being a real man is saying, hey, I, this is how I feel, and I'm not ashamed to tell you, and I need help. So when you need to come down here today in a little while and get right with Jesus or come to Jesus and just tell him where you're at, he'll meet you where you're at. Sometimes he's just wanting you to say, hey, I need your help. Jesus knows where you are. He's waiting on you to ask for help. So let's talk about some different ty- different types of being tired. There's all kind of different types of being tired. So um, anybody here just tired of being stuck where you're at in a spiritual world, in the spiritual level that you're at or in your relationship with God? Anybody just being just tired of the same old, same old mundane routine? You need a breakthrough. You need something. You're just tired of being stuck. Anybody ever been stuck before? As I was listening to them worship and I was just going over my head, about what I was going to be saying, that word stuck just kept ringing in my ear. And I really believe there are some people in here that feel stuck 
You're just kind of stuck in the spiritual mud, and you don't know how to get out. Well, I'm going to give you a story. My buddy Garrett is right over here. He's a friend of mine, and uh, he called me this week. He said, hey, man, my car's stuck in the mud in my front yard. You got anything that can help? And I said, honest with you, man, I got a two-wheel drive truck that ain't, I don't have anything to pull. I don't have anything. I think I'd be stuck in there with you. And uh, he said, all right, you're no help. Thanks. <laughs> um, and uh, then he said, I'm going to call the, the, the tow company. And he said, I'm going to call the tow company and see if they'll come out here and uh, just tow me out of my front yard. How embarrassing. But I, I, he's no, you know what? He just knew that his vehicle was way more important um, out of the grass and out of the mud than it was in there. And so he recognized that he had to call for help. And he had to invest money to get that car out. And then he said when he got done, he said, man, I'm so glad my car's out. But he said, it didn't cost as much as I thought it was going to cost. So I'm excited that I got it out. But I did have to invest some money to get it out. And I'm here to tell you today that you may be stuck somewhere in the spirit. You may be stuck in your relationship with God. You may be stuck in your life trying to get to your purpose. But here's the thing. If you never call for help, you're not going to get unstuck. If you, lay, if you just wait back and, and just go, I'm going to get it done on my own. I'm going to try and try and try and try. You're going to stay where you are this time five years from now. You'll still be there. And here's the thing. You may have to call around to a few people before you find the right person that's going to help you or that's really assigned to help you. You can't give up where you're at right now and go, I'm just going to give up because I called one person or I, I came to one person and they didn't help me. Maybe they weren't assigned to help you. Maybe there's someone down the line, one more call, two more calls down the line that's supposed to help you and that will come and help you get out of the place that you're in, but you will have to call for help. And you will have to invest into your life to get unstuck from where you are. Don't think that you're going to be able to go to the next level in your spiritual life without investing time Investing time with the Lord, investing time here serving at the church, investing time pouring into other people because sometimes the best way to get unstuck where you're at is to help somebody else get unstuck from where they're at. Sometimes you got to invest into other people's lives to get yourself unstuck from where you are because what happens is when you get stuck, you forget that how good it feels to help somebody else. Because when you go out and help somebody and you love somebody, you'll remember what it feels like. And, man, i got to do this more often. You'll remember the reason you're probably stuck is because you forgot to put your faith into action. Because faith without action is dead. And so when you get to a place where you're stuck and your wheels are turning in the mud of the front yard, the car is stuck. It's not going nowhere. And so you just go, man, you got to make a decision. I'm either going to leave it there and it's going to be stuck and it's going to feel dead, or you got to call to get help. You got to invest into your life. You got to invest money. You got to invest time. You got to invest serving. You got to invest prayers. You got to get down on your knees and go, God, I need you so much. November of 2020, I was in a place where I was stuck, and I was like, God, I just want more of you. I mean, I love reading the Bible. I love worshiping, but the weakest part of my spiritual journey has always been prayer. It's okay to be vulnerable. 
But in November 2020, I was so desperate for God that it drove me to my knees. And I found God in prayer for the first time in my life. In the last year of my life, as I prayed more in the last year of my life than I have the previous 40-something years of my life. Because I found God in prayer. And when you get desperate, when you get stuck, something happens and you get desperate and you go, I got to find God. And you, may drive, you, may, you may get driven to your knees today saying, God, I got to find you. I got to have you. So sometimes we get stuck. There was a man in the Bible in John chapter 5. John chapter 5, I'm going to read from John chapter 5, verses 5 through 9 in the NIV. But to set you up, there's this man in John chapter 5 who was an invalid. He was lame. His legs were, were not working, and he had been that way for 38 years. Talking about someone who had been stuck on the same mat for 38 years trying to get into this pool of Bethesda to to, to get healed, but he said no one would pick him up to get in there, but Jesus knew where he was. Jesus knew where he was, and I want to read this scripture to you here, John 5, 5 through 9. It says this, One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. You know, this man was stuck in the same place for a long time. It's interesting to me that when Jesus comes to meet him right there where he was, that the first question that he asked him was, do you want to be well? Do you really want to get unstuck this morning is what Jesus is asking you. He's meeting you here at this pool. He's come to you this morning. You're like, man, God, I need a word. I came from this hour away or I came from here. I'm here. I got it early this morning. Didn't have any creamer and I made it here and I need a word from you, God. And he said, hey, I'm here. I'm meeting you at this pool. But he wants to sit here and ask you and look you in the eyes. Do you even really want to be well? Because it will take you to be obedient to God, to become well. You can't just expect to come in and hear a message. You can't just expect to come in every Sunday over and over and over thinking, I'm going to hear a message, I'm going to hear a podcast, I'm going to go on YouTube and hear somebody speak and think you're going to get unstuck just because you're listening because listening is not going to get you unstuck. Only being obedient and calling for help and investing into your life and putting your faith into action is going to get you unstuck from where you're at. He asked him, do you want to be well? Jesus was asking him, do you really, really want help? Jesus simply told him, this thing, think, about it, think about it. When he was stuck and he asked him, if you're really tired, Jesus simply just said this. He simply said this. He said, get up from where you are. Take your mat and walk. Think about it. this guy been for 38 years and he just says, take your mat up and walk. But the guy had to be obedient. He had to go pick his mat up and believe that Jesus said, hey, pick this mat up and walk. 
And he picked his man up and he walked away from the place he had been in for 38 years. I believe this morning there's some people in here who are stuck somewhere spiritually in your walk with God. And God is asking you to do something, but you've been ignoring that for a long time. And let me tell you this, if you are stuck somewhere and you're wanting to be unstuck and you're ignoring what God's asking you to do, just know you're going to be there until you say, yes, Jesus, I want to be healed. I'm going to pick up my mat and I'm going to walk. What is God asking you to pick up this morning and walk with? What is he asking you to do that's going to get you unstuck? Because he's not just going to come in here and just give you a message. That's not how he does it. He's going to come in here and say, do you want to be healed? Do you want to move forward? Do you want to be on fire for me again? Do you want to get unstuck? And if you say yes, he will then ask you to do something. And if you do that, you'll be on the road to moving forward out of the spiritual mud that you've been in. Does that make sense? You've got to put your faith into action. You can't just hear. You've got to put it into action. And so I don't know who is stuck this morning, but that's what being tired myself and coming in going, Lord, I need you. I believe there's people in here this morning that really need um, this word, and you need to be praying as, we're, as this is going on right now, as I'm talking, God, what is the mat that you want me to pick up and walk with? What do, what do you want me to do? Because I, I really don't want to be where I'm at any longer. So the, in verse 7, the, the, the man's eyes were on, uh, it says, he says, I have no one to help me. So Jesus asked him, do you want to be well? Then he, this is the man's re- reply. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So you got to stop blaming other people for the spiritual condition that you're in. I think there's some people in this room that are stuck because you are blaming other people for the spiritual condition that you are in. And you got to get your eyes off of what everybody, he was around a bunch of people at a pool and he was trying to, he was watching them and he was trying to get it. But you got to get your eyes off of what everybody else is trying to get healed from. You got to get, you got to get your eyes off of that podcast or that YouTube or this message or that book or this program. And you got to get your eyes on Jesus because Jesus is the only one that's coming to you saying, do you want to get well? And if you do, then he will say, okay, we'll pick up this mat and walk some of you here this morning are blaming other people for the condition that you're in and your eyes are on something else and if you'll get your eyes on Jesus this morning and say yes Jesus I really want help he will tell you you think he's going to hide it from you he'll tell you what you need to do He'll tell you that you need to pick up your mat from the chair you're in and carry it down here to the altar here in a moment to get right with him, but are you going to do it? Because if you don't, then you'll continue to stay tired. Let's talk about another form of being tired. I'm coming in hard. Is that okay? Some of us are tired of fighting forgiveness. You're tired because you're fighting forgiveness. But you know what? I think 
And I love how Pastor Larry just gives it to you real. What an awesome spiritual father that God's given me here. Pastor Larry is such an amazing pastor, but he's also a pastor to so many people around this city and nation. And it's been an honor to have him to, 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 to pour. Because honestly, you can ask him, I fought it for, I don't know, a good year because God was putting me, I've been hurt by other spiritual fathers or father figures in the, in the spirit. And so it was really hard for me to go, hey, you're giving me another one, God, you know? And I fought it and fought it and fought it, but then the God made it so clear to me that Pastor Larry was supposed to be my spiritual father. And I, 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 God, I remember sitting on my couch. This is just a side note. I just wanted to let you guys know. I was sitting on my couch downstairs in my garage, in the, and I was like, God, you want, me to, you want me to have somebody else be a spiritual father to me that I don't even really know? And he said, Brad, I'm creating this. I want you to be a spiritual son. I want Pastor Larry to be your spiritual father because I'm creating an avenue where I can father you. As soon as he said that to me, I was like, I want it. I never heard anybody speak it to me like that. That God will create... Inside of your life, you need a spiritual father. You need a spiritual mother. You need someone that is going to be pastoring you and pouring into you. And the reason is, is because God wants to create an avenue where he can father you. And man, I love being in a place and being underneath someone in the spirit and in the kingdom of God that speaks the truth and that speaks the hard things because here's what I believe in the end times. You're going to hear a lot more messages where it's truth because truth will set you free. Truth is what you need to hear to get you unstuck. So are you tired from fighting forgiveness? Is there somebody in your life that has hurt you, offended you, and you're tired of fighting it because you know you need to forgive them, but you just haven't? You just can't because you're like, man, I'm going to fight this tooth and nail. I'm taking it to the grave. You're tired this morning because you need to forgive somebody. Jesus also sees you at this pool of unforgiveness. Isn't that awesome? That Jesus will see you at the pool of unforgiveness as well. That he'll come to you at the pool of unforgiveness. He'll come to someone who, who needs a healing, a physical healing, but also come to someone who needs a spiritual healing because he sees you, he has compassion for you. He knows what you've been through. He knows the wounds, the hurts, the offense. That, that He knows where you're at but he also knows how to get you unstuck. And he comes to you at this pool of unforgiveness going, hey, do you want to get well? And you're like, yeah. He's like, okay, we'll forgive this person. Never mind. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to get well, Jesus. I want to stay here another 38 years. I got news for you. If, if you're the one this morning that God put this on my heart for and you're saying, I want to get well. I want to be unstuck. I don't want to be tired in the spirit anymore. And Jesus is saying, hey, well, will you forgive this person? And you say, no, I just want you to know that you'll still be where you're at for, for as long as you want to be there until you say, yes, Jesus, I'm ready to forgive this person. Forgiveness is, a, is very, it's, it, it can be tough. Um, it's not easy. It, it, it's also a journey. You know, it's like you forgive them, and then the next day you're like, oh, I don't know if I do, <laughs> you, know? you know, and you're like, I'm fighting through this. It's a process, 
And you can fight through it for a while, but it's really just getting to that point where you just hand that person over to Jesus and recognize, here's where it ha- the best way to, to forget, to have the um, uh, courage or the, uh, I don't know, surrendering that to, to that person to forgive them is just remembering how Jesus forgave you. When you can offer the same mercy and forgiveness to somebody that Jesus offered you, it helps a little bit easier to forgive somebody that's hurt you. Um, And I think every Christian, I really do, I believe that every Christian, every Christian at some time in their life will face a moment where they've been betrayed, they've been hurt, they've been just wounded so bad by somebody in their life where they are faced with, are you going to offer forgiveness? Because I believe that the true test of a Christian is, are you going to offer to someone else what Jesus offered you? And so I don't believe that any Christian will go through this life without being betrayed, hurt, wounded, offended by someone very close to you because I believe that's your test to see, do you really understand what Christianity is all about? Do you understand that what Jesus really gave you and that are you going to offer that to someone else? And so we have a lot of spiritual hoarders in the house or in the room or in the Christianity around the world that will go, I'm tired of fighting forgiveness because I love hoarding Jesus' forgiveness, but I don't want to offer it out to someone else. And you'll be tired the rest of your spiritual life until you say, hey, I'm ready to forgive. Let me give you some scripture in Psalms 32, 3 through 4. This is the Passion Translation. Do you, want to, do you know that uh, unforgiveness can zap you of your strength? Is what it says right here. It says, before I confessed my sins, I kept it all inside. My dishonesty devastated my inner life, causing my life to be filled with frustration, irrepressible anguish, and misery. The pain never let up. For your hand of conviction was heavy on my heart. My strength was zapped. My inner life dried up like a spiritual drought within my soul. It's talking about sin here, but did you know that unforgiveness is sin? Unforgiveness is sin. So when you're holding unforgiveness, when you're holding it in, you've got a forgiveness is a gift that you must give to somebody. It's a gift that you've got to give to somebody. And when you're holding that gift in, when you're holding it here, you're gonna, your strength is going to be zapped. You're going to be zapped and you're going to be down and you're not going to know why. And you're like, why am I so tired spiritually? It's because you're holding that gift of forgiveness. You have to give it to them. And then there's so many times people don't want to forgive. It's because you feel like when you forgive somebody that you're letting them off the hook for what they've done. But forgiveness is not letting them off the hook for what they've done. It's letting them, it's getting them off of your hook and putting them on God's hook. Because until you get them off of your hook, God can't take, God's not going to take them through the journey that they need to because you're the one judging them instead of putting them in God's hands for God to judge them and get them to the place where they need to be for that to be reconciled. So as long as they're on your hook, don't expect things to go the way that you want, but you've got to let them off the hook by giving that forgiveness to them. In that same chapter, verses 8 and 9 of Psalms, it says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. 
I will adv- lost my spot here. Let's see. Oh, there it is. I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't be so don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. The other translations, the other translations say it, it gives you an example of a horse or a mule where the, there's got a, a rope around the mule's neck and he's like trying to pull, tug and pull you along. But you're just that mule that's like, nope, I'm sitting right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not giving forgiveness. I want to be unstuck, but I'm not going where you're going. You got to get to the place where you trust God that he's come to you this morning at this pool of unforgiveness saying, please come with me. I want to give you your strength back. Your strength has been zapped. I want to give it back to you, but you've got to let go. you got to give that gift of forgiveness, and you got to trust me again. Quit trying to, to, quit making me have to tug you and pull you, and just come with me. You're like, but I don't know where this journey of unforgiveness, I don't know where this journey of offering forgiveness is going to take me. God knows. And God's not going to lead you to a place that's not good for you. Here's the thing. Where you're at right now isn't working right. So why are you trying so hard to stay there? I believe that God is coming down to you today. He's saying, hey, meet me here at this altar. Meet me here at this pool. Pick up your mat and walk. Come down here. I want to give you this because I know that you're tired. And I want to help you. See, Jesus always wants to help people. My prayer this morning was I come in here, I said, God, I don't want anybody to know my name. I don't want anybody to, I just want people to be helped. And I believe that he's given a message for people to be helped, to get unstuck, to to lay down some things and to move forward in your spiritual life. So, um, stories of B uh, offering some forgiveness here. So, I never, there was somebody that hurt me really bad that I, that was a good friend of mine that hurt me really bad. And, you know, when you, when someone hurts you, you're like, okay, you take it in for a while, you process it and you think about smashing their head in the counter a hundred times, you know, and, and, you know, and you're just like, okay, well, uh, eventually you're like, well, I can't live like this, you know, cause this isn't the Christian thing to do. You know, I've got to find some some ground here to get this, uh, the, 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 the images in my head have got to leave because they're not healthy, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, um, it's like I never been a couple months after this person hurt me really bad. I was like, okay. I was in the, in the den early one morning just spending time with God, and I was reading through the Bible. And if you really believe it and you're wanting to apply it, it's a dangerous thing to read. Because if you just read it to read it, why are you even reading it? But if you read it because you're looking for the truth and you're looking to become like Christ, then watch out. You'll run into some things sometimes that you're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have read that. Because <laughs> now I've got to go do it. Or I'm just a hearer of this word and not a doer. And maybe that's why we're stuck. Because we read it and we don't do it. But I read... In Matthew chapter 5, uh, this is in the message version, um, 
Matthew 5, 23 through 26, says this. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship, that would be here, and are about to make an offering, and you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. Or say you're out on the street and an old, you run across an old enemy. Don't lose a minute. Make the first move. Make things right with him. Some of you need to get up right now. We don't even need to finish hearing the rest of the message, and you need to leave, and you need to make things right with somebody. That's basically what this verse is saying. Don't come down here when you're not even going to go. You're, you're going to hear it. He's basically saying leave right now. That would be the best thing you could do, and go make a phone call. Like, literally, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. Like, just go. Like, if God's telling you to do something, just go do it because that's what this is saying. You need to do it now. Make things right with somebody. I love how it says the message. It says, make the first move. Woo, man, I was sitting there early that, that morning, spending time with God, and I read the Bible, and it said, I want you to make the first move. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, but God, I didn't do anything. You ever been there? I'm not the one who hurt me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the one that did the, the wrong. And he's like, well, you did when you came to me, you know. But he said, I want you, Brad, I want you to go make the first move. And I was like, mm, this, why is this the biblical thing to do? You know what I'm saying? And you go on to read later in that chapter, and it's like he's offering you opportunities to become like your father. You want to be like Jesus? You want to be like your father? Well, those are the most, those are the opportunities in life to be the most like your father is when you offer forgiveness to someone who's hurt you, when you offer love to your enemy. Like those are opportunities that only come so many times in your life, but those are the opportunities you had to become like your father. And God was saying, hey, don't you want to be more like me? I was like, yeah. He said, well, make the first move. I was like, "Mm, this is, I don't like this at all. So I went by this person's house and uh, knocked on the door. They came to the door, and honestly, I didn't know if I was going to knee them, (laughs) slap them, like, or what was going to happen. I honestly didn't know how I was going to respond. And when I got to the door and they came out, the, 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 the thing that happened is I gave them a hug. And I was like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. like, and I gave him a hug, and I said, I love you, and I forgive you. I do want you to know that you hurt me, but I forgive you. And they said, that's the best message I've ever heard preached. And I walked away from that day. I walked away from that door. I could feel the grace. I could feel the mercy dripping off of me. I've never felt it that way in my entire life where I could literally feel it dripping off of me. And I was like, this is what it feels like to be a Christian. Like to offer something that you can't offer. Only Jesus through you can really offer this. But you know what happened as I began to get into my car and go home, my strength began to come back. 
where I was tired began to go away. Passion started coming back. Clear focus started coming back because all of that poison of unforgiveness was gone. And now the true spiritual sun, the, the, the light was coming in, and I was able to just push away all the darkness because I was doing what God told me to do, to make the first move. But forgiveness is a journey. So sometimes there's a second move. And I was like, I never like a couple months later, can I just say this just, uh, just a couple months later, I'm still, I'm not, I'm human. I wake up, you know, after that first week or two, I'm good. Third week, and I'm like, I don't know about this, <laughs> you know. Like, I'm still thinking about it, you know. Sometimes it's not that you're, after you've offered forgiveness, it's the forgiveness isn't the battle you're fighting anymore, it's the forgetting. And sometimes the forgetting is harder than the forgiveness because when uh, a demon leaves, he always comes back with sevenfold. So the demon of forgiveness may be one demon. The demon of forgetting may be seven. It's coming back stronger. It's trying to get you to re, just take that poison back into your heart. And I remember the Lord offered me a moment to make a second move. And I was like, oh, no, I've already done this thing. You know what I'm saying? So I was there, and my brother owns a uh, lawn care business. And he was going out of town. And he said, hey, Brad, will you go help me out? Will you cut these two yards while I'm going? I was like, yeah, man, I got you. He handed me the addresses. First address was just a place in town. Second address was, by, it was one house behind the person that I had gone over there to ask to forgive me. I was like, mm, this is funny, God. I was like, so the whole way I'm over to cut the first yard, all I'm hearing the Holy Spirit is telling me is go by and cut their grass. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, why in the world would I do that? But the whole time I was cutting their, the, this first person's grass, all I could hear was go by and cut their grass. And I'm fighting God. I'm like, God, you know, you ever, you ever get something from the Lord and you're like, is this me or the spaghetti I ate last night? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this God or is this like, am I making this up? You know what I'm saying? You want to hear the voice of God, but you're like, I just don't know what's going on, but this can't be God. I fought him the whole time, and then I had to cut that other yard. And so I said, on the way to cut the other yard, I drove by their house. I said, maybe their grass don't even need to be cut. You know what I'm saying? And like, I'm just missing it. Well, I drove by, and their grass was about as tall as that speaker right there, and I was like, great. Not only is it, uh, it needs to be cut, it's going to take me twice as long as I thought. You know what I'm saying? And so I went and cut the second yard, and I'm the whole time, I'm just, you ever get to the point where you know it's God, and your heart's just like, and you know if you say no, you're going to miss it, but you don't want to say yes, but you're like, well, I finished cutting the second yard put the lawnmower in the truck, and I was like, I still didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> I drove around the block, and I don't know how, but my body stopped. <laughs> and I got out of that truck, got the lawnmower out, and started cutting the grass of the person who had betrayed me the most in my entire life. And the whole time I'm cutting the grass, I was like, this person may not ever know that I cut their grass. So then the thought dawned on me, well, maybe it's not for them. Maybe it's for me. And God said, Brad, I'm doing this 
I'm asking you to do this for you so that you can clear all this out of your heart and you can know that it's gone. And then like halfway through, someone comes out the door and I'm like, oh God, please. And it wasn't that person. It was one of their friends. And they said, what are you doing? And I said, um, just cutting the grass. <laughs> and I said, well, the Lord has put on my heart to cut the grass. And I just pray that you would tell this person that I love them and that uh, Jesus loves them. And then I finished cutting the grass, picked my lawnmower up, went home. And, uh, man, I, I just learned a lot about forgiveness that day and about forgetting is that sometimes there's a first move that God wants you to make and sometimes there's a second move that God wants you to make but in those first those the first move and the second move I begin to breathe a little bit more in the spirit so this whole message is about what is the mat that Jesus is asking you to pick up what is it what is it because if you're stuck, he's going to ask you to do something. And sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. But I believe that there's going to be some people set free this morning because you're going to get up and take that mat and be obedient to God and move forward. So another, th- another a few more, another, another way of being tired. You ever been tired in your marriage? Woo, come on. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, I love Haley. She loves me. She probably gets tired of me more than I get tired of her. Or, uh, I mean, the other way around. <laughs> I said that wrong. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm in the doghouse now. I'm on the couch. Um, I said that the wrong way. But um, we have a good relationship. But you can get tired in your marriage sometimes. You know what I found out? One time I thought I was tired in my marriage because of something else. And then God had to show me that it was me. Let me tell you what he told me, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5. I'm just busting out some different types of being tired to hit different people because I believe there's different mats that people need to walk up here with today. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Come on. You know, God will never ask you to do something that he's not willing to do. He keeps no record of your wrongs between him. And so when he's asking you to keep no record of wrongs between the people closest to you or anybody, he's not asking you to do something that he's not willing to do. And then God had to show me that maybe I was tired of my marriage because, uh, you know what, I've hurt Haley, she's hurt me. We've been married 10 years. It's going to happen. But here's what I want you to say. That some, maybe you've hurt your spouse or your spouse has hurt you. Maybe you have recorded that wrong on your heart. And you're tired because you're carrying that record on your heart. This is what God showed me. Keep no record of wrongs. Just because you have not voiced it to another person. Well, put it this way. Sometimes I thought that I had not recorded the record of wrongs that Haley had done to me because... I didn't speak it to her. I thought since I wasn't bringing it up in an argument or I wasn't bringing it up ever to her face that I didn't record it in my heart. But God had to show me just because you don't say it don't mean you, did, you, record, you didn't record it in your heart. 
And he said, keep no record of wrongs. Just because you have not voiced it to the other person does not mean you have erased the record. The moment you erase the record of the wrong in your marriage is the moment your love will grow towards your spouse. The reason you still have pain is because you have recorded the wrongs on your heart. Repent of recording these wrongs. Repent for carrying these wrongs. You're tired in your marriage because all you can think about is what has been done to you. Your spouse, your spouse may have asked for forgiveness, but you have recorded the wrongs in your heart. You're tired in your marriage not because of what your spouse did to you, but because you are carrying the wrongs you have recorded. Some of us are just tired. It may not even be in your marriage, but you've recorded a wrong in your heart, and you're tired because you've recorded that wrong in your heart. And God's just saying, hey, I'll never ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do. I have erased every one of your records. Will you just erase those off of your heart this morning as well? Because I believe there's people in this morning that have some records on their heart that need to be erased. And you need to get that eraser out, that spiritual eraser out right now. And just begin to go ahead and just, 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 you know what, in the spirit, just erasing those things that have been done wrong to you and quit carrying those things and saying, hey, you know what, I'll let my spouse, I am forgiving my spouse, I'm letting this go, I'm letting that go. It may be somebody that hurt you in this church, it may be somebody that hurt you in the last church you were in, it may be somebody, you don't know what it is, but you've recorded a wrong on your heart and God's saying, this morning, if you want to be unstuck, if you want to quit being tired, you're going to have to erase the record on your heart. Because God says that the love keeps no record of wrongs. Man, isn't that, it's so good to hear, but it's so hard to hear sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And so this morning, my interest wasn't coming here to, to jump up and down. And, 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 and man, I hope I remember him. My, 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 my heart is that something will be said that will move you to this place that you could pick up your mat and come down here in a moment and get right with Jesus. And so, um, here's another one. You ever, get, you ever get tired of the wedge that's between you and God? But yeah, I saw some hands go up. You, you have a wedge that's in between you and God. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what God wants you to know, first of all, is that the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have a relationship with Jesus. You know that relationship can never be broken, but the fellowship with Jesus can be broken. It's the fellowship that breaks. It's the fellowship where the wedge gets in between. And that wedge comes in so many times because we, we um, don't trust God. We don't trust him to take us where we're, we're going to be. We don't trust him because the desires of our hearts haven't come to fruition yet. We're still waiting on some desires of our heart to come. And so, therefore, we don't trust God anymore. And there's this wedge in between us and God. And we're like, God, I don't want to spend time with you because I don't, I've been hurt before. You led me down this path, and I've been hurt. And then I've been praying for this, and it hasn't happened. And so you're tired of waiting on God for certain things, and therefore there comes this wedge in that you don't want to spend time with God. Like, why in the world is the hardest thing in the world to do is to sit down in the morning and do this? Like, why is that the hardest thing in the world to do is to take this little book here and to do this and go, boom. I just want to tell you is because some of you in here don't trust him. 
Why would you want to spend time with somebody you don't trust? The Bible says in Proverbs to trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. If you're trying to wonder why there's a wedge between you and God, it's because you've lost your trust in him. Because if you trusted him, you wouldn't be like that donkey. You wouldn't be like that mule who's just, he's trying to tug and peel. He's saying, please just come with me. Like this morning, he's saying, hey, will you just come to me? Matthew 11, which I'll read in a minute, it says, just come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. But the words there, it says, come to me. Like, come to me does not mean just come to church on Sunday morning and sit in a chair. Come to me means come to me and let's have some intimate time together alone and let's work this out. Like if me and Haley have uh, an altercation, well, you know what? We have to sit down and talk it out, you know? Like if you have a problem with someone in your life, you have to go and you have to sit down and talk it out. If you have a trust issue with God, you have to come and sit down with him and talk it out. It's not just going to go away. Until you sit down and have that conversation with him, it will always be there. He's saying, hey, come to me. I know where you're at, but I need you to come to me. Meet me here at this pool. Meet me here. Bring your mat and, and come down here and say, hey, I don't trust you anymore because of this or this or this. Or I'm having problems with you because of this or this. What are you blaming God for? What are you holding against him? But if you'll come down and bring that mat down here this morning here in a minute and meet him here, then that wedge between you and that relationship with God will begin to vanish away. Does that make sense? So I believe some of us in here need to um, just have that moment with God where we just have a real conversation with God. When's the last time you've had a real conversation with God? Do you know that your relationship with God is just like any other relationship? What I mean by that is that you have to communicate with him and you have to talk to him. So the feelings that you have, and he goes, he already knows how I feel. Well, you know what? Most people in your life can read how you feel by the way you look on your face and the way that you act. They already know how you feel, but you go and talk to them. God's the same way. He just wants you to come and talk to him and get right with him. And I promise you, if you're not spending any time with Jesus, no wonder you're tired. John 15 says that when the branch is severed from the vine, it can do nothing. If you're severed from the vine, you're not spending any time with God don't expect that coming in here on a Sunday morning or going to a conference or listening to a podcast or whatever is going to get you to a place where you feel alive again in the spirit because the only person who can make you feel alive again in the spirit is Jesus. And when you spend time with him, boom, there comes that life source running through your veins and you got, man, I don't feel stuck anymore. I'm ready to take over the world. And it can happen in a moment. Peter denied Jesus to his face three times, denied him. 50 days later, Pentecost happens. The Holy Spirit fills him. He speaks to 3,000. 
It's not about, well, I've messed up. I got all this going on. God can't use me. No, it's just simply going, hey, God, I'm going to have this real conversation with you. And I'm going to begin to spend time with you. And when that spirit of the Lord hits you, things can happen suddenly. Suddenly. You're thinking there's this huge mountain you got to climb to go, you know what, to be used by God. And God's saying, no, if you'll just spend time with me, my spirit will hit your soul. My spirit will hit your body. My spirit will hit your spirit so quick that you'll begin to go, man, all of a sudden, suddenly something just happened. Suddenly. In Acts chapter 9, Paul was doing his thing, and all of a sudden, the the, 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 the light shined out of heaven. He was knocked off his horse. He was blinded. And then he went in, and then it says, suddenly he began to preach the gospel. Suddenly things can happen when you spend time with Jesus, when that wedge is gone between you and the Lord. Last one, and we're out of here. You're tired. This is for somebody. Maybe it's just for one person, but that's all that this world really needs is one person who will answer the call of God on their life. You're tired in your life because you're fighting the call of God on your life. You've been fighting the call of God on your life for 10 years. Some of you have been fighting the call on your God for five years, for one year. If you've been fighting the call of God for six months, it's exhausting. But you've been fighting the call of God on your life for as long as you can stand it. And God sent me in here today to tell you this, is if you'll just answer the call of God on your life, the tiredness will go away and the Spirit of God will hit you and suddenly you will be ready to go and do what God's called you to do. You're tired because you're fighting God. You're fighting what God's called you to do. You're like, but I'm doing this already. No, Jesus is saying it's time to surrender to him today. Jesus has come to you, and now he is asking you to go to other people for him. He also comes to people where they are through people. He comes to people where they are through people, and Jesus is asking you, will you let me come to people through you? Like, will you be the one that goes to the pool of Bethesda and says, do you want to get well? God's looking for people that will say, hey, I will answer the call. I will go. In Romans 10, 14 through 15, it says this, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. God is looking to send some people out there because they can't hear it unless people are sent. And you're tired this morning is because you're ignoring the call of God on your life to go to your neighbors, to go to your friends, to go to your family members. And some of you are tired of waiting on your family to come to the Lord. And God's tired of waiting on you to go to them. God is saying, hey, you're tired of, you're praying so hard for your family to come to Jesus, to walk down this aisle, but you haven't gone to them, you haven't called them, you haven't done anything. Maybe it's a neighbor, a friend, a family member, and God hears your prayers, but sometimes it's an Isaiah 6, 8 moment where the Lord is saying what? He's looking for someone, who will I send? He's looking for someone to say, here am I, send me. You're tired this morning. Because you're ignoring the question that God is saying, who will I send? You're tired because you're tired of taking in so many messages and not putting anything out. How is it when you go and eat and you eat and you eat and you eat and then you just go, man, 
I'm just tired. Then you got to go exercise. You got to get moving or you're going to just, Bleh. If you come in here week after week and hear an amazing message that Pastor Larry brings or anybody that's up here and you don't do something, you're going to be so spiritually tired, you're not going to be able to see straight. I believe this morning that there are a lot of people in here that are tired in some way, some form, some fashion. I want you to close your eyes. Let's go ahead and stand up. Let's go ahead and stand up. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to picture yourself beside a pool. And you're laying on a mat. And you've been there for a long time. You're stuck there. And you don't know how to get off of that spiritual level. You're stuck. And then all of a sudden, in walks Jesus, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, walks up to you because he knows where you're at. He knows how you feel. He heard your prayers this week. He heard your prayers just this morning. God, I I need something. But Jesus is saying this morning, do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to move forward in your spiritual life? He's saying, take up that mat and come down to this altar this morning. So as the music plays, the worship team will be playing or, what, or, the, or the pianist, whatever we got planned for the altar call is good with me. I just know this this morning, that there are some people that need to pick up your mat and you need to walk down to this altar. So from this moment forward, People are going to be coming down to this altar. Don't don't sit there and say, Jesus, I need something. And don't come down to the altar to get it. Yes, people are already coming. But you need to pick up your mat. And you need to walk down here this morning. And you need to get what it is that Jesus is going to give you. What is it this morning he's asking you to do? Jesus is looking you in the face and he's saying, do you want to get well? And if you say yes this morning, he will ask you to do something. He will ask you to do something. He will ask you to do something. Are you going to pick up that mat? Are you going to walk towards Jesus? Are you going to say, yes, Jesus, I will do whatever it is you're asking me to do because I don't want to be here in this place anymore. Jesus said, if I need to forgive somebody, I'm going to forgive somebody. If I need to erase a record that's been on my heart, I'm going to erase that record today. If you need to answer the call of God on your life, well, you know what? Answer that call of God on your life this morning and saying, God, I'm tired of sitting where I am knowing that you are calling me to do something. Some of you in here are called to be pastors. Some of you here are called to be missionaries. Some of you are called to be evangelists, teachers. You're called, but you've been running from that call. And when you run from the call of God on your life, I can tell you, you're going to be tired. You're going to be so tired. You're like, why? I love God with all of my heart. Did you know that loving God with all your heart is not going to keep you from getting tired? Did you know that reading your Bible and praying and worshiping and coming here every Sunday is not going to keep you from getting tired if you're called and you're not going? Some of you in here are called. 
you need to talk to Pastor Larry and Pastor Sandy. You need to talk to them and say, hey, I'm called. I need help to find my purpose. I need help to find what God's called me to do. I can remember when I was 21 years old, being in a service like this, going, I felt the call of God on my life. I felt God coming over me, saying, Brad, I've called you into the ministry. I didn't even know what that meant, but I felt it. I felt it. And at that moment, I was tired of living the life I was living, and I just said, yes, Lord, I will surrender to you. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know where I'm headed, but I'm tired of being the mule that's being tugged, having to be tugged, and I'm going to go with you. I surrender, and I say yes. With with eyes are eyes are closed. If that's you this morning, if you feel called by God to surrender your life into ministry and you've never done that, just lift your hand up this morning because, yeah, people in here, wow, come on, come on, come on. There's people that are surrendering their life to Jesus. They're called by God to go and do something. He said, here am I, send me. There's people in here that, 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 and if you, you may be a prayer, a prayer, team member, if you want to pray with those people that their hands are lifted up and say, hey, let's answer the call of God on your life. But here's also this morning, there's some people in here that you've been fighting that battle of forgiveness for a long, long time. And you're ready to give that to Jesus this morning. You know what? If you've been fighting forgiveness for a long time, come on, lift your hand up in here. Just tell God, yeah, hands are going up. Come on. That's right. It's okay. We all fight through those battles of forgiveness. We all fight through those times. Tonight, this morning, Jesus is saying, take up that mat, come down here. Here's the thing, you don't need to see me, you need to see Jesus. Don't come up here and look at me. I'll pray for you if you need prayer, I'll be glad to. But really, this is what needs to happen this morning, is people need to come to Jesus. Jesus says in Matthew 11, what does he say? He says, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you want to find rest for your soul, if you're tired, come down here to Jesus this morning. Come down here and talk to him. Some of you are tired because you have a wedge between your relationship with God. You know what Jesus is asking you this morning? Is come to him. Is talk to him. Is talk to him. Talk to Jesus this morning. Come down here. Don't come down here to talk to me. Don't come down here to talk to a prayer partner. Come down here to talk to Jesus. Maybe you're already down here. Just begin to have a conversation with God. When's the last time you've had a real conversation with God and you're saying, God, I don't trust you. I've had this issue and that issue and I want to my relationship with you to get to the next place. I want to go home and be able to spend time with you, but there's this wedge and I want it to be gone. I don't want my fellowship with you to be broken anymore. And I can't leave here without doing this. Maybe somebody's out there tonight, today, and you're tired because you've never given your life to Jesus in the first place. Maybe you've been running from Jesus your entire life. And if you're running from him, 
I can promise you you're tired. The world has nothing to offer you to take away this tired. There's no energy drink. There's no fourth cup of coffee that's going to do it for you. You're tired because your spirit needs to be born again. Jesus says that if you put your faith in him, if you will believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried and that he rose again, and you put your faith in him, it says your spirit will be born again. Wouldn't you like to start over fresh? Wouldn't you like to be born again and have a fresh start? So again, with everybody's eyes are closed, maybe that's somebody today that wants to give their life to Jesus for the first time. You want to give your life over to him because you're tired of running for him. Just say this prayer. Just go, dear Jesus, I'm tired of running from you. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you were buried. And I believe that you rose again. Please come into my life. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Please lead me to a path of righteousness. Please restore my soul. If you said that today, if you gave your life to Jesus for the first time, nobody's looking around except for me, just so I can pray for you. Lift your hand up in here. Come on, anybody, 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 thank you. Anybody, anybody, awesome. Before you did, if you did that today, you want to make sure you see one of your pastors or one of these prayer partners um, before you leave today. Because there's nothing like giving your life to Jesus for the first time. But y'all, I just want you to know, I came in here this morning tired, and it's okay. Sometimes we get tired. But it's important to run to Jesus when you're tired. It's so important to come to him and lay yourself at his feet so he can fill you back up. It's important to get help. It's important to invest into your life to get better. Don't leave here today without doing what you know God's called you to do. I'm not going to get up here and yell at you because the Holy Spirit's the one that's, he's doing that, talking to you from the inside. Listen to that voice. What is he asking you to do? Because you can do that here at the altar, or you can do it in your car. You can have a moment with God in the shower like I did two weeks ago. You can have a moment with like my buddy did in the closet one time where he just closed himself in the closet and was like, God, I need you. God's everywhere. Some of you need to go home today and have a real conversation with God. And you need to talk to him. And you need to say, God, I'm tired of being right here. And he'll begin to talk to you about what you need to do. Remember, your faith without action is dead. You're going to feel stuck and tired if you don't put it into action. If you don't pick up your mat and walk where he's telling you to walk, to go and do it. But here's the beautiful thing. When Jesus asked you this morning if you want to get well, all he simply said is pick up your mat and walk. It's a simple thing he's going to tell you to do or a simple statement. It may not feel simple to you because it may be hard, but he's giving you the antidote. He's giving you 
He will not let you leave here today without speaking to you about what you need to do to get to the next level in your spiritual life with God. So for the next few moments, I don't know if you're going to sing or, or, or anybody sing one song or two songs or whatever. I'll be over here in the corner down here if you need prayer. Um, I'd love to pray with you and pray over you. But some of you just simply need to be at the feet of Jesus because he's the one that can help you. I'm just trying to point you to him. He's got the word for you today.